Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to FNA Van Life, the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And today we'll be talking with our friends from Outback Schoolie, Nicole and Charlie. They moved into a bus five or six months ago. It's a beautiful build. We actually met them at VanFest USA back in Utah. Yeah. And we're able to actually walk around the inside of their bus with their little cat and see, you know, the beautiful masterpiece that they have created. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous what they've created. I know that it could be difficult at times living in a bus just due to like the size and where you can and cannot go. It limits your uh, ability to go to certain places. But we watch them go into BLM areas and parking areas that we do as well. So it just depends on where you're willing to take the bus. And it also depends on your lifestyle, too. Like she's still working a job, right? And Well, they both are still working yep. jobs. So it's important for them to kind of be a little bit more stationary for those couple days a week so that you know that you have internet, you know, you're kind of on a more nine to five schedule. You're just doing that nine to five schedule wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I always wonder about the aspect of like having to stay in campground sometimes, which I feel like for the most part, they never really have to, but when you get into specific areas, it may force you to. Yeah. But I guess if you're earning that full-time salary, it's not that big of a deal yeah. to spend a couple of bucks a month on, you know, a campground. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that that is a good way to look at it. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Charlie and Nicole in a minute here, but first up, let's do an update from the road. Oh, snap. Update from the road. Do you want to talk about where we have been recently and where we are now? Or do you just want to talk about where we are now? Well, we've had a busy week. We, I guess, since the last podcast, we went down to Valdez, yep. which was a really cool experience. We really loved the town of Valdez. It was really like a quaint fishing town but mm -hmm. then when we got out on the e-bikes there was actually so much to explore and like different places and we rented kayaks and kayak through icebergs which yeah. was so cool so we, we actually went to a company called valdez stay and play and we rented the kayaks and the e-bikes from them uh which was actually more affordable for our budget so if you guys are out there and you're looking for something more affordable this might be the way you want to go uh, and then what they do is they just drop it right off in the water there. Or you could take it with you either way, but they drop it right off in the, in a lake, which is called Glacier Lake. And you start kayaking through the icebergs. Oh my God. It's so neat. The lake is freezing cold and it's this dark gray color because of all the sediment in the water. And at the very back of it is an iceberg that we didn't make it to because we are not experienced kayakers. No, but we did break some of the rules in the sense of like we got into the crevasses of some of the uh, icebergs. And you're really not supposed to do that, but Alex and I risked it for the biscuit. Oh, my God. And right when we came out, sure enough, kaboom! 
it freaking <laughs> caved in and uh and a big piece of ice fell into the water there and uh it could have been on top of us but luckily we were out of there before it happened and it was like literally right after we got out yeah i always am like debating about you know now they're telling the story and we have the whole video of it for youtube the podcast is so much ahead of the YouTube videos, it really is. that if you're, you know, listening to the podcast, you're getting a much more up to date. You get like a little exclusive, little pit, like nitpick, little pieces of what's happened that you might actually get on the YouTube video. Yeah, but you should a lot still of, go watch the. There's YouTube a lot of video. things on the podcast that we don't even we're not even able to show in the video because we didn't actually capture some of it. Right. You know, so it's like. If we've captured it, you're getting a preview. If we haven't, you're getting like the exclusive parts that we <laughs> weren't able to show our YouTube people. Yeah. And speaking of exclusives, we have a whole nother podcast that we do for all of our podcast fans on our Patreon. That's like a full hour long, just like breakdown of everything that's been going on, you know, real behind the scenes of what's happening in our YouTube videos, where we're traveling to our favorite places, all of our, you know, special boondocking locations, things like that. And we're only on our second one. We're about to release the second one here soon. So if you become a Patreon now, you'll be ahead of the game and you'll have two that one that you could already listen to and then another one coming out very, very soon. So we look forward to seeing you guys there. Yeah. So I think we're ready to jump into this conversation with Nicole well, and Charlie. We never talked about where we are. Oh, where we are right now? Yeah, we're in Talkeetna. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're about to drop into Denali and Talkeetna is kind of the launching pad for all Denali excursions. Yeah, I mean, this spot right here is a cute little quiet town. There's a ton of quiet people. Quiet town? Well, I guess busy. it's not quiet. And it's small, but it's like touristy. There so is a it's train like... that goes through that I just heard. Oh, really? Yeah, that's I was what napping. woke you up. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a little train goes through the town. A lot of people kind of seem to come here just because of uh, Denali being so close by, I feel like. Well, and I think, too, like this isn't that far from Anchorage either. Nope. And it's the weekend. So you're probably getting some like local or even touristy Anchorage traffic coming to Talkeetna. Yeah, they have the Denali Brewery here, too, as well. So you have a lot of people just coming for the breweries. The brewery's and, packed. Yeah, the brewery is packed. This food smells so good, too, yeah. when we're walking by. We're going to have to make our choice about, like, today is super gloomy. So, like, if you can hear the rain on the roof, um, which I actually love, and that's why I was like, ooh, I'm going to take a nap because it's, like, such a relaxing sound to hear the rain on the roof of the van. I probably should have joined you in that nap, but I did not. Yeah, you're not a nap guy. I'm not a nap guy. I wish I could be. I'm a big nap gal. Yeah. Yeah, I love a good nap. Paco likes naps, too. Yeah. (laughs) But so anyways, we did a little bit of wandering around the town, but it's raining so much. And so we're going to save, you know, our actual exploration of Talkeetna for tomorrow because we don't leave for Denali till Tuesday. Yeah, and what one of the locals here said is like, even though it's raining today and it says that it will be raining tomorrow, the chances are it's probably not going to rain tomorrow. Or it might. You never know. It could I guess literally, the weather forecast is it just, just... It could clear it up at any moment. Yeah, you know? and so I feel like in all of Alaska, it's a little bit like that. Like, the weather does whatever the weather wants to do, regardless of what the weather report says. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of just stopped looking at the weather altogether because, you know, we're going to go do what we're going to do. And if it's a rainy, gloomy day like today... We'll wait until tomorrow. We'll wake up in the morning and then explore tomorrow morning. What are you looking forward to the most of Denali? 
I don't know, man. Right now, it just kind of seems like a anxiety-inducing planning nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to book a campground because that's the only way to get into the park. It was not expensive. So three nights at the campground was $45 total, which yeah, is very inexpensive. Like a lot of campgrounds are $45 per night. So you have to do a minimum of three nights to camp at Talki or Teklanika, which is the deepest in the park. So we booked the three-night stay, 45 bucks, easy. But once you drive into the park, you're not allowed to move your vehicle again until you're leaving. So you basically have three days where you're stuck at your campground. They normally have buses, so you could just wake up in the morning, walk on out, get on a bus. But because they're doing limited capacity um, due to COVID, and I also think that they have probably less bus drivers this year because of that. They don't have enough buses, so all the bus passes are sold out. So we have to wake up bright and early tomorrow morning and hope that we can secure a bus pass for our trip into Denali. Because if not, we're literally just sitting at our campground for three days with nothing to do. We just literally sit there and hang out. And we'll just like play Uno for three days straight. Yeah, hopefully, and go crazy. hopefully we can like walk out and possibly see something. You yeah. Know? Well, also it's a national park that's not super dog friend. Like they're dog friendly, but like the dog is has to be on leash at all times and can only be basically on pavement. So they can be at your campground. You can walk around the campground area with them, but they can't go on any hikes with you at all. Yeah, which, I mean, could be understandable just because of all the different types of animals that are out there. They don't want to spook them. They don't want to attract attention. They don't want the area being uh, riddled with dog poop everywhere, I guess, too. And you have no idea. Like, some dogs are super well-behaved. Some dogs are not well-behaved. Some dogs, you know, will get crazy and, like, rip up all the bush, and some dogs will just walk nicely behind you. Yeah. And so you can't, like, pick and choose. It's either all or nothing, you know? Yeah, and there's no, like... There's no way of them being like, okay, that's a good dog, that's a bad dog. Right. You know? So, if we do get the bus passes, then we're going to be leaving Paco in the van for, like, a whole day, which we hardly ever do. And, you know, people are sometimes weird about that. You know, like, I get that leaving your dog inside of a vehicle all day is not good, but our vehicle isn't just a vehicle, it's a home. Yeah. And it's insulated and it's temper temperature regulated and we can create airflow and we can make sure that, you know, he's gonna be a comfortable temperature all day yep. and have food and water. Yeah, Paco's super comfortable in the van and he will still be getting out to get some exercise and walk around the campsite and stuff like that. So he will be just like an everyday thing, like, you know, most people go to work and leave their dogs for eight hours. We never leave Paco for more than eight hours, ever. We never leave him for more than four most of the time. So it's really interesting um, with the lifestyle that we have. He has the opportunity to really be outside and be active and be doing all the different things. And granted, he needs his alone time too sometimes. He needs to feel like uh, like get his his moments by himself because then he won't be as attached to us as if we were always with him all the time. So he does need his away time from us. So I think it's a great opportunity when we take these little tours um, for him to be comfortable just by himself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we love him, but unfortunately we can't take him everywhere with us. So getting him used to not being around us is a good thing. And it's not like he has terrible separation anxiety or anything. Like when we leave him, he's just like, okay, he's excited when we come back, Mm -hmm. but yeah. 
All right, well, enough about that. <laughs> Let's get into this podcast with Nicole and Charlie. I'm really excited for this one. I think you guys are going to love it, and you're going to learn a lot more about bus life. And be sure to go follow them on Instagram at Outback Schoolie. Before we dive in, we want to give a shout out to one of our awesome podcast reviewers, Mel Archibald, gave us five stars and said, awesome podcast. I've been binging the podcast from the beginning and can't wait for each episode. Frankie and Alex are so relatable, and I love hearing all of their guest stories and tips for van life. Every episode inspires me to continue working towards my dream of van life. Keep the episodes coming. Woohoo! Thank you so much for that comment. We really appreciate that. And the reviews go a long way, so make sure you leave one too. We have been good. We're now, we just have been on the road officially for four months. We spend quite a bit of time on the West Coast, on the actual coast, because the summer has been so hot. We met some friends in Seattle and we've been driving east since. So now we just crossed the Idaho border and we're in Montana. Nice. So I guess my first real question is, what made you guys decide to jump into bus life? Because you guys live in a, in this beautiful bus that you guys built yourself, correct? Good question. I think we, pre-pandemic, we went traveling. Uh, we backpacked through Asia. We did four months uh, traveling Asia and, and some Australia and New Zealand. Uh, when we got back, we kind of got that travel bug. And then we went through, um, we hit the pandemic and we kind of, I think it was kind of sad that we couldn't travel um, overseas anymore. And it just kind of made us realize like there's more to America than where we were, um, get up and like basically um, see more of America. And I think the opportunity came about. Uh, we saw it, we saw a bus online, uh, we got tagged in. And then, yeah, that's kind of what we, we saw, we kind of got inspiration from that. Um, and then the rest is history. I think we just knew we didn't want to live in an apartment in Chicago anymore. We had been doing that for five years, but we didn't know where we wanted to live. And like Charlie said, we knew we wanted to travel. So that brought us to Bus Life and we saw some inspiration and we kind of purchased something within a month of even talking about school life. That's a pretty big, fast move to go from just talking about it to <laughs> buying it in a month. Was there any like hesitations or were you guys... I don't know, worried or how long did it take to build out? We weren't super worried. I think we kind of both just go head into things and think about it after. Doesn't always work out, but it's worked out for this decision. It took us nine months to build. So we bought the bus in June of 2020. And then we got on the road the end of March. So right about nine months. Um, and you asked us earlier, we did about 80% of the build ourselves. Uh, there was certainly aspects to it where... Like my uncle's an electrician. He helped us with the electric. Uh, and then there was a carpenter that came and helped uh, Charlie during the week. So we had some help, but a majority of it was DIY. And awesome. where did you do it all? Because I feel like a bus is a really big thing to just like have in a driveway. Did you like rent a space or did you just have the room? We were very fortunate. Nicole's family has a cabin up in uh, northern Wisconsin. And during the pandemic, we kind of we escaped Chicago when we bunkered up there for the for the time being, um, and they, they're at a bit of property, so we were able to get the bus there and, and kind of do the renovations there. Yeah, my dad's uh, garage is full of building supplies, and his driveway is stained with paint, but otherwise, no complaints <laughs> from him. <laughs> That's awesome. So, is Nicole, is that where you're from originally? I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but my parents had that property for 20 years, and my dad lives up there full-time. And then, Charlie, where are you from? Because, you know, I know all the listens, listeners could detect uh, accent there. Uh, yeah, um, I'm from Brisbane, Australia, and uh, been I've been over to 
I've been in America for the past, I think, eight years now. What got me over here was originally for business. Uh, I had a company here in Las Vegas. It was a nightlife company. And then, yeah, I met Nicole on the on the Vegas Strip, and then we uh, we moved into Chicago together. Wow. That's amazing. Were you just, like, Nicole, you just happened to be hanging out in Vegas and you ran into each other? Like, how did that all unfold? Yeah, it's a ridiculous story. But I was, we were just, I was there on a girl's trip for a birthday. His company was a nightlife business. So they um, basically like catch you on the, they have salesmen on the street that try and get you to go on these club crawls. So mm-hmm. Charlie like saw our group of girls. It's like, you guys definitely <laughs> should come party on this crawl. And then we did. What happened in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas. Nope. Uh, no, it lives in the bus. Yeah, well, it lives in the bus. <laughs> exactly right. That's awesome. How long were you guys together and and traveling? Uh, you know, conventionally. Sp- con- yeah, conventionally. Uh, we met in 2015. We got married in 2016. Um, and then we did little trips here and there. Part of Charlie being Australian, we had to go through the naturalization process. He had to get a green card, so that like the first two years of our marriage or being together we couldn't travel outside the u.s but since then i've been to australia a couple of times he's got to explore some places around here like the bahamas um yeah it's been we're five and a half years i guess we've been together or six i can't right? even count. We just we just celebrate up this year. i feel like when you lose track of the numbers that means things are just going really well and it doesn't really matter <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i tell i tell it that every year i forget now that you guys are on the road, what do you guys do now for like uh, jobs? Like, how do you keep money coming in to continue the lifestyle or just to live in general? Yeah. Uh, so I have always worked in um, technology as an account manager. So basically, once the technology that I work for is sold, I'm responsible for keeping the customer happy. So I've always worked remotely, which has been really fortunate. Um, and I continue. I just work for a small startup now, which has been great. They're really flexible. So kind of a perfect fit for me and uh i i'm in real estate in chicago uh work work in the leasing and the high rises i think during the pandemic a lot of the business went virtual i just kind of continued that um on with the bus so it's been pretty cruisy um just doing everything over over, um over the computer how has that been for for you with the pandemic i know a lot of people have been moving out of big cities and more into like rural areas has that affected your business at all yeah it it did i think as as crazy as it sounds um during the during the pandemic it was actually a lot of buildings were struggling uh which meant that the pricing for the units and and whatnot was just on special um and they're paying high commissions as well uh which which meant that people getting um, you know, a good deal. Now, now that it's going back to normal, uh, prices are jumping back up. So it's just kind of just the last two years. It's just been, yeah, you, you, every day is a new day. You just don't know what what the market's doing. Um, so it has affected us a little bit um, in a good way, and also coming back to normal reality. It's like we're so used to those discounted prices that it's always, it's, it's hard to kind of get back to normal. (laughs) Yeah. Another question that brings me to is like, what do you guys do about service on the road then? Because it sounds like you both work digitally. It sounds like you're pretty flexible, but I'm sure that it it is still demanding in the sense of like, you need to have connectivity in some type of way. So what do you guys do about that? Yeah. So we have um, a Verizon jetpack and then we use this Nakir modem that's built for a SIM card. So we have an AT&T SIM card for that. So we always have two options. Sometimes we don't have Verizon, but we have AT&T and vice versa. 
so that's good. We have our Weeboos. I've that is I would recommend that to anyone. I go from having like one or two bars with the Weeboos, like we're using it right now on this call. Uh, I'm able to get on Zoom video calls with no problem. Uh, but we definitely, I would say, like Sunday nights, we plan out where we're going to be for the week. We use apps like Campendium where people give reviews on how their service is. And then we just try and make sure by Sunday night we're somewhere we're where the internet speed's okay. So do you, is it not like a normal nine to five? Like, do you still have to do like a normal 40 hours? Uh, or is it just as per like the job that you need to do? Uh, my job is full nine to five corporate job. Charlie's is much more flexible. Yeah, but that's nice, though, that you can kind of, you know, you have from Friday night until Sunday night to do whatever you want. And then you just have to be somewhere with connectivity for the rest of the week. So even if, you know, you're parked at the side of a river or in the middle of a desert, well, probably not right now because you guys said it was so hot. <laughs> but, you know, to find like the perfect location to kind of spend the week, you know, your backyard is still changing every day, you know, if you want it to. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what's been nice is, like, I still work central hours. So we're on when we're on the West Coast, I both of us will finish work by three. You know, we'll leave the bus, we'll go for a hike, we'll go for a swim, whatever it is. Like, by far, both of our mental health has improved so much because of exactly what you just said. You know, obviously, it sounds like everything seems to be working out really well. And the lifestyle seems to have complemented what you want in life at this point. What is something that, like, that's not great about the lifestyle that you guys don't really like or weren't expecting. Yeah. Right now. So <laughs> we're in a, we've just been, we, we've pulled over about three times on the way to our next spot. Uh, the bus overheats, especially in any, any weather that's over any time, the temperature is over 90 to hundred and we're just driving for long periods of time. It will overheat. So we've got to push a bus, which is the engines in the back. So it's not getting that airflow coming through uh, when mm. we're driving. So, Times like now um, and not being able to find a spot with Wi-Fi, I think, is the biggest issue that we've found um, that hasn't been that great. And, yeah, I think just... I wasn't worried about the bus overheating. I'm worried about myself overheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a, a cat on board as well, so we're always thinking about her quite a bit. So just wanting to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, I think it's just those small luxuries that you don't think about when you're owning a home, uh, especially like in the Midwest. Everyone has AC. I know that's not normal like in the Pacific Northwest, but like everyone has AC and you have a flushable toilet and just like some of those small intricacies that everyone has and you move into this life and you don't have those things anymore. So I guess it's nice when you get to a house and you're like, wow, air conditioning. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or a running toilet. And I think what it also do does is it gives you that perspective of like, um, that there's a lot of things that we take for granted in in life in general like running water and and stuff like that because these are all things we have to find while we're on the road you know i think it's a nice combination that allows you to realize that you have a lot when you're in a like city setting or like a stationary house you know exactly and i i think the opposite too like it really opens your eyes that you don't need everything we probably grew up thinking we needed to live comfortably like we're complaining right now just because it's hot, but you know, 90% of the time we're over the moon with this life and we don't have a lot of things and we don't have the luxuries, but we're experiencing, you know, America and nature yeah. and all those things we are meant to do. I think when you go through these like struggling moments during the day, I think you look back at it and you just, you know, fortunate and blessed and grateful to have experienced those, those times. I think the other day, like we, we just did, the Olympic National Park and um, Mount Rainier and some of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. And 
stuff like that. People only dream to do that in a lifetime. Like we've done you know, three national parks in a week. So I think that is something that we kind of, you got to like, you know, just kind of make the most of it and uh, just know that we're going to yeah, see some cool things. So you just mentioned you did Olympic National. Did you guys try to climb Hurricane Ridge with the bus? No, we didn't even. So we met up with a couple after who told us they tried and they had to turn around and they just had a combi. But we we had full plans to do it and then uh, just ran out of time at the park. We had to be in Seattle by that weekend. So we didn't even know it was that bad of a climb. So I'm kind of glad we did it. <laughs> yeah, we tried to do yeah. it last summer and completely overheated we like our radiator cracked and was like leaking everywhere. And then that exhaust was so hot that it melted a fuel line to our heater. So we had diesel oh. just like spewing oh. everywhere. And we're halfway up the mountain. And- to say the least, it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I, I rode a bicycle halfway down the mountain to try to get service so we could like call somebody. Didn't get service, then had to try to ride that bicycle back up the mountain. For about oh. two miles. Yeah, it was it was not a smart idea. I forgot to bring water with me. It was the hottest day of the year last year in that area. It was like 98 degrees. It was not fun. Uh, but we did no. get down. Yeah, we did get down and we got everything all figured out and stuff. We had like a, uh, a bad thermostat in the van that I just recently replaced. We had a, a lemon when it came to a part. Um, a lemon. Oh. Yeah, with all that being said about the heat, what are you guys doing right now to stay cool? Yeah, good question. We're, we're, we're parked in shade right now, um, mm-hmm. but we've got a. We're, we're about to leave um, on our travels. We we're going to put a mini split in the back, and we had it ordered and everything, but it just didn't fit to where we wanted to put it. And we we're too excited to leave that we didn't end up doing putting a mini split in the back of the bus. Um, so I did get a cheap window unit from Ace on the road because it was getting pretty hot. And that works, but we kind of need to get plugged in. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. our solar, our batteries, batteries would just drain. The solar wouldn't be enough. I would say most of the time, like if it's in the 80s, we, we have a, a couple Max fans in the bus. We have just like plug-in fans and we'll put all the windows down and that's okay. It's, I swear, it's just once it gets over that 90 degree mark that we feel like we're melting. So our plan for this weekend, we've been go, 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 is we're just going to find, we haven't stayed at an RV park in a very long time. But we're going to find one, we're going to plug in, and we're just going to blast the AC. (laughs) There you go. You have that luxury to be able to plug in, and it is this hot. You know, you save so much money from boondocking and and free camping that you might as well splurge and make it happen. Keep yourselves cool and and the cat cool, really, you know? Exactly right. Yeah, we'll splurge every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's worth it. Well, and yeah. too, like you guys are both working, you know, pretty full-time jobs. So you're probably still making that, you know, Chicago salary. So I'm wondering, you know, have you seen your expenses change since you moved into a van? Um, yeah, definitely. I think we, we have been saving um, quite a bit, but also diesel. We've been moving quite a bit as well. And Diesel is not the cheapest thing going about. And I think we've got a 100-gallon tank, and it does add up if it's, you know, from $3 to $5 um, when we're filling up. That's probably our biggest expense. And then we've been on the road, we said, for four months. We've had two hefty mechanic bills. So those are, like, our big expenses. We've had a couple mechanics and then gas. And then I would say, like, because we both are working full-time, like, we're not as cautious about if we do, you know, 
spend money to go camping. Uh, we've been eating out a lot just because we've been in new cities and we get so excited about trying the food. Um, mm-hmm. But I think now that we've been on the road for a while, we're re- we're trying to get in the flow of like, we don't have to eat out just because we're in a new town. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the toughest things to get used to, too, because like, that's a huge money um, spender. And, and it's like, even though it might not be the biggest bill every time, it just adds up so fast, especially if you're doing it for like breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, or even just two meals a day. I know for Alex and I, we cook a lot in the van and that saves us a ton of money. Uh, I guess my next question was, what do you get like miles per gallon since it is a bus? It's a pretty big, heavy machine, even though you're, you're using diesel. What about what do you get miles per gallon? I feel like everyone asks us this question. Um, I haven't actually tested it and like fully measured. No, we know. We know. I always say it's between eight and ten. Oh, I feel like sometimes it's five. Yeah, it depends on, <laughs> depends on where we're driving. It could be, yeah, could be faster. If you're climbing a hill a lot or whatever, you'll probably get yeah. like five. But if you're going downhill or on flats, it's probably more like eight to ten, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked to other bus people. Like some people will say they won't even drive on a full t- – like we have a 100-gallon water tank. They won't – they'll mm-hmm. empty their whole tank before they do long drives just because, you know, a 1,000 extra pounds okay. really adds up with gas money. For sure. Yeah. That's actually pretty smart to like unload a whole bunch of weight before you travel anywhere. And water is usually pretty cheap if not free to fill up. So – you know, if right. you do need to dump yeah. a bunch and then just fill up the next place you're going. Just take as many showers as you can before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. How are so, you guys doing? Oh, we're good. We're doing great. We're out in Alaska. The The biggest problem here is there's a lot of gray sky. Um, you don't get as much oh. sun throughout yeah. the summer. But considering that this summer has been a more mild uh, summer when it comes to temperature, it's been a little bit cooler. has been absolutely amazing. Uh, every, every corner you turn, there's a mountain that goes from like sea level to six or 7,000 feet and some are snow capped, some are luscious green. Um, the people out here are really nice. You can literally pull over on the side of the road anywhere and, and boondock, um, unless there's like a sign that says no parking. So it's a very easy place to live this type of lifestyle. That's oh, awesome. that sounds amazing. Uh, have you seen yeah. any bears yet? Yes, we saw, we've seen two bears, so we haven't seen a lot of bears, um, both black bears. We're hoping, we're heading to Valdez right now, and there's supposed to be a salmon run coming through where you can actually watch Ooh. the grizzlies eat the salmon as they're, like, coming Whoa. upstream. Yeah. So we're really excited to head over there. Yeah. And there's yeah, a, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're hoping we hit it right on the money. Uh, cause it's a, you know, it's a rare thing to see, I feel like. So, um, and actually quite a few other van lifers and whatnot, uh, just made their way up here. So, um, there's a few people that we're going to cross paths with and they're headed South, but we're headed to the salmon run, but you know, they're going to, they're going to miss it, you know, but that's all good. Oh, that sounds like a dream. I'd be there with you if we could get that far north. <laughs> that would be a lot of gas. We're even like, so we shipped the van up and now we're talking about, okay, when we drive back down, it's probably going to cost us about $1,000 in gas yeah. just to get from Alaska back to Washington. So I can only imagine, wow. getting, you know, eight miles a gallon. We're, that we're, would be real. We're expensive. basically getting like, basically like double what you guys get. Um, so. Yeah, I guess you would say is uh, double the bill, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
Someone told us you could ship, and I was like, I don't know if we could ship our bus. We'd have to look into that. You so, definitely could. It, ju- it would just cost well, you more because it's bigger. Yeah. So what, what size bus do you guys have? Uh, 33 feet. 33 feet, sure. yeah. So <laughs> I think over 25 feet, they start adding, like, tacking on more. So it might be, like, I don't know, um, seven or eight grand probably to ship the bus, you know? Something oh, along those cool. lines, which is not cheap, but um, – if you find it in the right time, prices change, you know? So yeah. if you if you pay for it early and like pick a specific date, you might be able to get a much better better uh like price. book now for next summer. Yeah, for like <laughs> four grand, you know. Yeah, we have to get up there. We've been following you guys. It just it looks amazing. Yeah. I remember yeah. um I think we I think when we were all together in Utah at Camp Spot, I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that camp spot was incredible. Oh mate, that was the best thing about school life or bus life for us anyway. Like hearing that hearing that guy sing on the on the box truck, that was oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah um, that was a, yeah. that was like an event for the ages, I feel like at the time. Uh, you know, because <laughs> everybody everybody that was together kind of at VanFest um kind of branched off and left VanFest and then we wound up uh near just outside of Zion and we were on top of this BLM area and in that BLM area, you could see like the outside of Zion and all the folks there, like either musically talented or something. And they put on a concert for us and it was, it was yeah. like no other. Yeah. And that was our fourth week of yeah, being so. on the road, I think. So we left oh, and we're like, is this what it's on. always left? Yeah. We're like, holy crap. Oh, no, <laughs> you guys got, that's a, that's a, that's a very like, um that's not a normal circumstance uh i feel like there's a lot of hanging out with other people and stuff if you're if you're trying to um but then there's also a lot of that like alone time that you get and the you know random places that you go that you just happen to be in this place where you're either searching for a cold lake to be by uh if it's really hot or you search for a place like a hot spring if it's cold you know and and so on and so forth and you're always trying to like run away from the weather you know <laughs> or towards it, towards it or towards it yeah depending on what what you enjoy you know now that you guys have been on the road for four months like it sounds like you've been pretty like go 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 you've been with a lot of other people like doing a lot of caravanning or do you like think that you're gonna start slowing down at all or like are you enjoying the pace that you're moving at or you know what do you see your next couple of months looking like yeah i think i had that conversation with nicole about a week ago, um, we have it being go, go, go. I think we the excitement's there. Like we can go different places. We can see new things. Uh, we are heading back to Wisconsin um, for Labor Day and to kind of regroup uh, and do a couple of um, ads onto the bus and fix a few things. I think our next adventure after that, we're going to take it a bit slow and maybe just, you know, hit up a town and spend a few weeks, a month there and kind of get to know, you know, local areas. I think that's something that, you know, we're pretty excited about. Um, now that we kind of got a gauge, like we did, we went through Oregon and Washington, but there's just so much things, so many places we missed um, on the travels that just makes us want to go back and, you know, pick a pick a good a town that we want to, you know, spend some time there and get to meet the locals and kind of embrace that area because we are still a big thing about um, the bus life. We still don't know where we want to live. So that was one of the reasons we did do jump on the bus life. Um, 
and and, and convert a bus because we just couldn't stay still in one spot. Mm-hmm. So now you have lived in the bus for this amount of time. Do you feel like there's any chance that you would think about even downsizing more or do you like the size of the space that you have? Is there like a couple things that you've considered uh, when it comes to living in the bus, particularly compared to like maybe a smaller vehicle? Yeah, I think we go back and forth. I mean, the trade-off with the bus, you either you get more space or you have more mobility, right? Like with a van. Mm-hmm. And the trade-off with the bus, like the past, what, four national parks we were at, yeah. we couldn't do a majority of like the really popular hikes or like where people like to go because there's restrictions on those roads. Like you, you can only be 20 feet, 21 feet long to drive down this road. And we don't have a second vehicle with us, so that can be pretty frustrating. Um, and I do think like there's a lot of restrictions with having a school bus, but at the same time, like we have a space where it truly feels like this is my workspace and then a separate area where like this is where we sleep and this is our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a little bit nice to have that separation. Um, mm-hmm. I think as we get more experience, we're just going to have to take some reflection on you know what's most important to us and if that means downsizing. Or maybe just like get a four wheeler to throw on the back, you know. No, right. just, yeah. We need a dirt bike or something. Yeah, that's one of the yeah, that's yeah. one of the additions we're gonna get. The the importance of like a safety net in in the lifestyle. It like, do you guys have some type of like backing or something like for breakdowns? Do you have like a budget that you put together like just in case? Because you were talking earlier about the breakdowns that you guys had and whatnot. Uh, is there uh, any thought process behind that uh, financially? Yeah, I will say we have probably once a month we're like, we should sit down and really put a budget together and get better at budgeting. Um, And then you don't? And then we don't. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're on the same schedule. I'm like, Frank, we really need to look at the numbers. And then we just never do. Yes, yes. But we do have a saving accounts that we keep, you know, a minimum amount in there. So if something does happen, exactly like you said, we don't have to worry. Um, of course, like we have insurance and are fully insured, but you just never know what's going to happen or what you're going to have to pay up front. So it's nice to have that reassurance that it's there if something, if there was an emergency, but we need to budget better. <laughs> well, I feel like it's hard too, because you just got on the road and like you said, you want to eat all the places and you want to go and do all the things. And I think, you know, when most people first get on the road, it's that same feeling because you know, most of us are used to just getting a couple of weeks of vacation per year and you feel like you have to like cram every single thing into it and you don't want to miss anything and you got to go, go, go and you got to get there. Um, So I think, you know, switching that mindset from like, I'm on vacation to like, no, 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 this is like my full-time life. You know, it's not like my one week to splurge and then I'll get back to normal. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that's the mindset we've been in is, People have asked us, do you feel like you're on permanent vacation? We're like, yeah, we do. So I think if we can get out of that mindset, it'll probably just naturally allow us to be a little bit financially more frugal. If we stay at a location for longer than a week, I think then we can start kind of settling down. Mm -hmm. Less gas, more cooking. I think a lot of it is about like changing the mindset on vacation. Um, And I think the reason why all of our mindsets are on vacation uh, I like this, how we have to go so fast is because in our nine to five jobs, we only get two weeks of vacation, which is not a lot. So whenever you have an opportunity to go somewhere, you try to cram a- absolutely everything into it. 
Um, yeah. So being able to like change the mindset on vacation, because you could still feel like you're on vacation, but to be able to like make it like, I don't have to do everything because my life is vacation. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And um, I think there's also been a little bit of guilt associated with that, that I'm trying to battle. I don't know if you mm-hmm. felt this way, Charlie, or if either of you have felt this way, like working full time, like people make comments like, where are you? What are you doing in the world? And you'll tell them like, oh, we did North Cascades this weekend, or we went to Mount Rainier. And it's, you have to reflect like how um, fortunate we are to be able to do this because, you know, people look at your life and they say, wow, you're doing all these wonderful things. And they, I almost feel guilty like that we're able to experience so much. Well, you know, a lot of, it's just not the norm for a lot of people. Yeah, I I think there, I understand exactly where you're coming from when it comes to that. because, because there is, you want to go? Well, I was just going to say, I don't think you should feel guilty about it because you guys actually put a yeah. ton of work and time and effort and like... You've made the choice yeah. to actually jump into this lifestyle. And I understand that not everybody has that option, but you work very hard to be able to do this while continue to work. And, and um, what we're all here trying to do is trying to help everybody receive that option or even know that it's a possibility. Yes. You know, and I I think that the biggest thing is like even myself living in New York, working a nine to five, I didn't even know that living in a van was a possibility. It's a mindset thing at the end of the day, I think, is like trying to help change people's mindset on the fact that it's not uh, a negative thing to uh, live in a van because I think or a bus. I think a lot of people associate that with either homelessness or, you know, something along those lines. And that's what gives it a negative attitude. Yeah. And I think the more people um, are exposed to just like different options in lifestyle, I think it's good that it's becoming more popular, not just this community, but like tiny homes and just different options of living. So people mm-hmm. can see like you don't just have to work your whole life to retire a couple years when you get older. Yeah, I I totally still understand where you're coming from, though, in the sense of like feeling that little bit of, of guilt because there's other people that can't do it. But if we could do whatever we can to reach out and let those people know that they can make it a possibility. I feel like mindset would change with it. We've met so many people on the road who've had different budgets for their builds. And some people, you know, are so creative with how they do these builds or what they travel with. And I really do think it's something that's accessible at a lot of different budgets. I, I know that the the gas crisis right now makes it a little bit harder with some some budgets. But for those people, you guys could like kind of stay in an area a lot longer rather than travel from place to place very hectically and very fast. Um, find There's tons of ways to make money on the road too. Um, whether you're looking at a Craigslist ad or you're going to pick up like a quick little job where they need somebody's help, especially right now during this time, everybody is hiring right now. Uh, people are actually giving away money basically if you sign on to a job because they're looking for workers. In a normal year or a normal time, you would have New Zealand people and Australians and people on uh, the Southern Hemisphere that would that would actually come up here for the summertime and work. And uh, we're not having that right now because of the, you know, everything that's going on. But that option is available to all Americans. It's just we're, we're not realizing that there's an option there. Do, do you know about that, Charlie? Yeah. I know that you're from Australia originally. You, you know, like a lot of other people uh, that travel to and from different hemispheres to continue work. 
yeah, no, I know, I know a ton of people that that travel, and I think with the pandemic, kind of affected them. Charlie has best friends who used to do the ski season in Whistler. He'd go there every um, winter season, work at the ski resorts, and then he'd be in Australia for the summers. Yeah, oh, yeah. isn't that amazing? <laughs> what, a, what an awesome yeah. lifestyle! I feel like. I think Australia, Australia is it's it's really well. Tra- it's a well-traveled country. Um, I think like flights, you can get flights from Australia out to say Asia for you know four hundred dollars return. Um, mm-hmm. Flights to America for seven hundred dollars return. So you, it'd be you know, when you go to Australia, like everyone has traveled all over the world. Um, it was just a yeah, it's a lot of a lot of guys do do the summer here, um, escape the winters. So it's pretty common thing we do in Australia. We're looking we're looking actually to do except the winters in america and do the summers in australia and the summers back in us that's kind of the the dream do you think about doing van life in australia because i know it's a really big thing over there yeah we actually i was looking at a few vans and and buses we just don't in australia we don't have school buses uh like they do here in america um it's we we use the same buses as the, the public transportation but they do have these cool vans uh four by four vans that i was looking into so definitely would be a option in the future. I think we'd do up a van and, and just travel up the coast of Australia. I think it would be amazing. And, I mean, the fact that you're a citizen, so you don't have to worry about visas or anything, and then I'm sure you could get Nicole in with you, so, you know, you could kind of travel as long as you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, give me the yeah. hookup, Charlie. Give me the hookup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the plan. When you guys first kind of got into the lifestyle, like obviously, you know, you have some plans to do international travel and things like that. Like, did you have a time frame on, you know, how long you would be living in a bus and then you would buy a house? Or did you have an idea in your mind of like how long your bus life experience would last? We initially said, let's do a year and then we'll reevaluate from that. Or from there. So that would put us like into April of next year. I think right now we're feeling like, you know, we've been on the road for four months and we feel like we saw so much, but we, we, there's still so much more to see. So I don't know how we'll feel in a year from now. Um, I think what's also interesting is like the longer we're on the road, the more, I feel like we keep changing our minds about what we want in the future. Like we've talked about buying land and we've talked about potentially just what like what charlie was talking about going overseas and we haven't been great about what decision or what path we want to take we talked about earlier like we really just bought the bus within a month of talking about it and i feel like that's kind of how our marriage goes (laughs) we make pretty game time decisions but it's worked for us we probably should plan our future a bit more than we are but it's been good we i mean we're happy Right now, too, it's super hard to make long-term plans just because of, you know, all the restrictions or travel bans or, you know, whatever's going on in the world. It's almost better that you don't have long-term plans because then you can just, like, roll with the punches. I also think it's great that you guys are kind of living in the moment, too. Yeah. Yeah, we try to. We try and be more present. But I know you guys were having, you know, you were planning the Alaska trip and we talked how hard it would be to drive with uh the pandemic or just trying to figure out, you know, how you get from the continental U.S. through Canada up to Alaska. And I feel like that's right. Like, even if we talked about buying land or buying a house, like things are so expensive now and we're just kind of waiting to see how things go. Yeah. It's almost like you want to wait for the, for the top to drop out. And then that way, when you buy something a little bit lower of a price, because like right now it almost feels like it's a bad time to buy, you know? Uh, it's a great time to sell. It's a great time to sell. So it's normally a bad time to buy when it's a great time to sell. 
And there's going to be a moment where it all breaks down because there's no way the market could stay the way it is. But I will also say that means it's a great time to get into a van life, schooly life, sell your house and get on the road. Yep. Yep. And then you could travel <laughs> for as long as you really want until you, like those prices come down. And then you could say, you know what? I found the place that I like. I know for Alex and I, um, we plan just like you guys for the first year. We were going to travel for a year, only a year, find a place that we really liked and settle down. That did not happen for us. Um, we absolutely, <laughs> we absolutely love this lifestyle. We and actually bought another van to keep going. Yeah, bought another van both of them, just so it could be even more of what we wanted in our in our travel van, and also a newer vehicle. That way, we don't have to worry as much about the breakdowns and and things like that. So yeah, we we bought a more reliable vehicle. That way we could enjoy more on the road. And then in a couple of years, if we decide we don't want to do it, we could still turn around and sell the sell the vehicle for at least the price that we're in in it for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. When we met you guys at VanFest, you had just, I think, moved into that van. Yep. That was actually our first trip in the van. And four days before that, we moved into the van. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It's awesome. And everything's been good so far. Yeah, I mean, there's like a little like couple things here and there that we've, you know, either had to fix or um, mostly inside the build uh, or like like our DC to DC charger stopped working um, and I had to fix that. Just one of the crimps came loose um, and then uh, our heater is not working at the moment, which I got to fix. Um, but yeah, little things that are normally pretty easy to fix. Uh, that's the only that's the only issues that we're having at the moment. Yeah, and, and Charlie, I got a question for you. I know that when we were talking, you were talking about like rugby and and uh, the fact that you were going to be playing in a league. And I know that that got canceled and stuff due to uh, everything going on right now. Is that something that you're still going to be pursuing? Um, and if so, uh, like how long do you think you would pursue that type of um, endeavor? So you cut out the last bit, but I think I, think I got what you said. Um, yeah, definitely. I just... Um... I'll find out in the next couple of days if uh, if USA will go to the World Cup at the end of the year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I am getting to that older age group where you're kind of looking at, you know, hanging the boots up. Um, but mm-hmm. I've still got that drive. So it's it's been it's been pretty pretty hard not having a local gym to go and doing a routine workout. Um, but up until the last couple of weeks, I've been pretty good in doing you know, but a couple of couple of miles, three to five miles every day, um, just getting doing some push-ups and just doing a lot of body weight stuff just to try to keep fit uh, in case I get that call up uh, for the USA team. So it's exciting. Um, I'll find out in the next couple of days if that goes ahead. Uh, if it does, then I'm looking forward to getting back into training and, and uh, pursuing a dream, a uh, oh, yeah. lifelong dream to play on the world stage. Um, but yeah. So if that does happen, what would that mean for your travels? Uh, so the World Cup would be in England in uh november so we were it's 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 four weeks in england so uh we'll just park the bus up in wisconsin and then head over there but like i said it's it's they how basically usa didn't qualify uh for the world cup uh we lost to cook islands in 2019 and then the pandemic hit um and during with covid australia and new zealand are pulling out of the world cup so it leaves two spots open um for it so we're waiting waiting right now to see if we get in and then if we do get in and then it'll just be a a trial process i still gotta you know trial to have a crack at it but 
it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, Heck yeah, man. I'm excited for you. I hope that that all works out, man. That sounds like a dream come true. And I, I, I always love to see people be able to have an Thanks, opportunity man. to really uh, have have the chance, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. I can only imagine what it's like to play on a stage like that. Um, you know, that I feel like for any sports uh, person out there, that that is like the ultimate level of performance that you could ever be at, you know? So I feel like as Americans, what we're used to is rugby union. And that's what, you know, we see people play in college and it's all the guys, you know, jumping on top of each other where Charlie had to explain to me the rugby he plays is different, <laughs> which it is. Yeah. It is. Um, but I think one part you've also really enjoyed is growing the game in America and being able to bring some of the expertise from playing in Australia over here. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think the transition from American football uh, to rugby league uh, is a lot easier than transitioning from American football to rugby union uh, just because mm-hmm. it's more, more set plays. Um, but yeah, I am looking to get in the coaching role and, and kind of, it's something I've played my entire life and I know, um, you know, I played at a high level in Australia and due to injury, I couldn't continue. Um, and that's kind of the reason why I'm here in America. <laughs> Just decided, and, wife. And, my, and my wife, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it's, it's like anything, you know, we, we grew up playing rugby league in Australia and in America, they grew up playing American football and baseball and that. So it's a learning curve and I, I enjoy that. I enjoy teaching it um, and building the game. And hopefully, I, I think when I spoke to you last, they, they wanted to bring a professional competition uh, into the US, um, but I fell through because of COVID. But had they done that, I would have helped coach the team um, and also play as well. So I'm, I'm kind of, I just turned 30 and I'm feeling, you know, Legs ain't moving as fast as they used to, but I, I still feel like I got it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a good, lot of good years left in you yet. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, we really appreciate you guys coming on here with us, and we are very excited to see you guys continue the bus life. Any advice for anybody out there that's about to get into the lifestyle, bus life, van life, nomadic living? Is there like some couple of words that you guys feel like that would be very helpful for them? Uh, yeah, I would say um, there, like as you start to do it, there's going to absolutely be times where you think you made the wrong decision and things are going to be stressful and they can be really hard. But I think the highs of this lifestyle and all the positives like, by far outweigh those stressful times. And as long as you can be adaptable and kind of expect that this kind of lifestyle can bring you know, unexpected things. And there's going to be hiccups that you'll do just fine. Um, And then the second thing I would say is the best part about this lifestyle is the community. So if you buy a bus, if you buy a van, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, join the Facebook groups that give all the advice, get on Instagram, just start adding people. People are so nice and helpful in this community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just off what Nicole said, I think just things are going to happen throughout the build and, you know, it's not going to go your way. Um, you just adapt and don't have a time frame. I think the biggest thing for us is we had a time frame and every time we didn't hit that time, it just, it, we fell, you know, we, we got upset about it. So I think nobody, everyone's going to ask you those questions, you know, when are you going to be done? Where are you going to go first? I think if you don't get, like, if you don't be too hard on yourself and just, you know, think about like, Oh, how do I? How do I? So. Get it done when you can get it done. Yeah, so get it, yeah, get Don't it pressure done. yourself on anything. Yeah. yeah, do it at your own pace. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We always let everybody know that, like, if they have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Um, 
all of us out here are really out here to help because I, I think that all of us could agree that living this type of lifestyle kind of changes your outlook on life and your outlook on people. And it really just, we're always at the bay and at the will of other people out there. So like when people are nice to us, it helps our experience out here. So if we could do that for others, that's what it's all about. Yes. You said it yeah. perfectly. Wow. What a great interview with these guys. It was, it was so much fun hanging out with them on the podcast. And honestly, I can't, I really hope that Charlie gets this opportunity to be a part of the USA Olympic team, especially with the Olympics going on right now. It would just be a blessing for him. And I love seeing people just have an opportunity to accomplish a lifelong goal. Absolutely. And for them, accomplishing the goal of building the bus as well and getting on the road, they should be super proud of themselves. I think that, you know, they had a lot of really good advice around not you know, worrying so much about not hitting your goals. Because, like, obviously it would be amazing to make the rugby team. It would be amazing to get your bus done in three months. It would be amazing to, like, be on the road by a certain time. But, like, sometimes life doesn't hand you the, you know, deck of cards that you wanted. Or the lemons that you need to make lemonade. (laughs) Sometimes you just need to use the tea bags and make tea. What? I don't know. I thought that was fun. Okay, yeah. Because sometimes you just get handed different cards is what I'm saying. Right. And you have to pick up and utilize whatever those cards are to advance you into whatever it is that you're trying to get to. to, When life hands you lemons, make a meringue. (laughs) <laughs> when life hands you lemons, make Arnold Palmer. <laughs> that's what I like to do. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's so true. And, you know, even going back to the whole, you know, us being stressed out about plans and, you know, it's not just the Denali thing. We have some other stuff in the works that's kind of like, it just feels like there's a lot that's about to happen and there's a lot of logistics around everything Yeah, and there's a lot of figuring out and, you know, I really need to just, like, let go and just, you know, whatever happens, happens. And you can only plan so much. Yeah, you can only plan so much. I think part of life is just going through whatever it throws at you. And and some things have to just be won. You just have to do it. You know, fake it till you make it almost, right, is uh, one of the big sayings out there. It's like, you know, you didn't you didn't know Joe until you had a conversation with Joe. You, you know, you didn't know how to paint a house before you picked up that brush and tried it. Like everything is, is, you know, everything that you do in life, you have to, you have to learn by trying. Like mm-hmm. you only learn so much by reading. You can only learn so much by planning. You have to be a doer to, to be able to make it happen. All right. Well, let's go do some stuff. Make it happen. All right. Get this day going. I'm down with that. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you being part of the podcast family. We would love for you to come and be a part of our Patreon family as well and get the exclusive podcast. So we hope to see you over there. Yeah. Make sure to drop a comment like this. Hit us up in the DMs, whatever it is. We want to shout you guys out on the podcast. And if we could somehow bring the podcast into the YouTube videos too as well, we're going to make it happen. So we love you guys and we appreciate you guys just listening and and learning and being a part of our family. We we are very, very grateful and thankful for that. Thank you guys so much. We hope you guys have an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.